Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's cover two time. 49ers are in the NFC championship. Took care of them boys. How about them cowboys? Huh? Yeah, yeah. No, this is uh this is the NFC uh championship edition, but I'm super happy about that win last week, man. Anytime you can beat the Cowboys and shut up that fan base, oh yeah, man, it's like you love it. You got you gotta love it. Yeah, I mean it was it was no easy task, right? I mean, everybody mm-hmm. knew how good the Cowboys were were gonna perform in this football game. They've been itching since last year to get back towards the 49ers. I honestly believe they thought they were going to be able to overtake the 49ers in this game. But when it came down to it, the 49ers made the clutch plays when they needed to make it. They executed their game plan, and they wore Dallas down. You could see Dallas's defense was all over the field for about you know three quarters. And then the 49ers just over and over ran it to them. And you could see all of a sudden three yards became five, and then five yards became seven. To me, the 49ers wore them down, and in the end of the game, that's how they won time of possession. That's how they got more first downs, and that's how they got more points. They were able to get it done. Yeah, I think you hit it right, the the hammer on the head, on the nail. Um, early in that game, man, it was it was a rough watch. You yeah. know, um, if you were watching Dallas's defense, you were you were impressed. You know, they were getting after it. I mean, us talking about it going into the game, we thought the Niners would be able to take advantage of them in the running game. And early on in that game, I mean, the Cowboys defense looked fast and. They were they were they were explosive, you know. They were making plays out there. They were giving the Niners trouble, you know. The Niners uh, definitely didn't come out hitting on all cylinders. So you got to take your hat off to the Cowboys in, in that aspect. They came out ready to play, um, but luckily this is a four quarter game. And as you said, you know, as the game progressed, you could tell that Niner de- um, that Dallas defense started to start to get tired, and then the Niners were able to lean on them and get that running game going. Yeah, it was it was an interesting matchup. There was lots of keys, you know, and. You know, some of the things I harped on during the week that the 49ers were going to be able to take advantage of, uh, Dallas kind of disguised during the game, and they made it more difficult for the 49ers to be able to get their run game going. 
I thought to me that Dan Quinn did a very good job on defense, you know, and you know, the four years are going to have a tough matchup coming with Philly, which we're going to get into, but this game against Dallas, I think, uh, just signified another way the 49ers have went about their business this year is it's been no certain star makes plays in every game, right? This time, George Kittle stepped up five catches, 95 yards, but they find different ways to win. Oh, Brock Purdy has to play a game where he just doesn't turn over the football and he doesn't score touchdowns, but you're going to use the time of possession. You're going to wear them down. And you're going to win. Like, we're able to win that way in the playoffs, this playoff football. I thought that was fun to see. It's just... 49ers adding to their tool belt, tool belt ways to defeat other teams. It's like it, there's no one way for the 49ers to win. They just want to win. Right. And I mean, as you said it, the Niners are so multiple. You know, you just don't know who's it going to be this game or the next game. You don't know who's going to be that guy that's going to step up and kill you. You know, you can see the Cowboy, the Cowboys came in with a game plan to stop the running game. Yep. And that's what they did. I mean, Christian McCaffrey struggled, you know. Yeah. Um, like we said, towards the later half of the game, they were starting to hit holes and starting to gash them when we needed it most, when you needed to finish the games. But um, we had George Kittle. You know, George Kittle is one of those plethora of weapons that we have you know, that stepped up in a big game, and he did just enough. I mean, he had the play. If you look back at all the offensive possessions we had, he probably had the play of the game. You know, that that juggling catch that he had over the middle, you right. know, it's, it's a beautiful highlight, but that's what put us over the hump. You know, after that, you know, the offense started going. You know, we got momentum offensively, and we finally punched we punched a touchdown in on that drive. So um, that's, that's what all the teams in the playoffs now, they have to deal with. You know, who's going to get you, you know? And we say this every week. It's just the Niners have so many weapons, it's hard to stop all of them. Yeah, it is. And there's a physicality and aggressiveness that goes along with those 49ers weapons. There's no finesse. You know what I mean? These guys get after you. Everyone finishes runs. Everyone finishes tackles. And eventually that wears on you. And I think that, you know, Dallas found out that. Dallas is a, is a good football team. Uh, but when it came down to it, 49ers are a better football team. They're a better coach team. And I think that was on display during this game. But one thing that was on the display in the game that I really want to talk about and focus on is the 49ers defense, uh, because, you know, there have been some comments over the last you know several weeks of the season and even into the wild card round against the Seahawks. Hey, this 49ers defense is not what it was during that stretch run where they weren't giving up points. Nobody was scoring over 17. And then here they showed up and they hold a Dallas team that was considered the best offense in the league by many pundits, national pundits around the league. He was 12 points. Uh, to me, I thought it was a fantastic performance. What did you think about the way the 49ers defense performed on Sunday? I liked how the Niners defense play. I mean, to me, they played big. You know, if you if you look at how Dallas played the week before against Tampa, you know, you were kind of wide-eyed going to this game because the Cowboys looked explosive, you know, and they did what they wanted to do against Tampa, you know. So you translate that to the Niners, you're just like, okay, it's going to be an interesting matchup to see how they do. Um, early on in the game, you know, I, I feel like it was more of a stalemate, you know. Yeah. Like you really didn't – our offense wasn't really doing much, and their offense really, really wasn't doing much. Um, It's sad to see Pollard go down. Yeah. You know, you always want to play teams at their best, so there's no excuses, you know. And Pollard is – he's their best offensive weapon, you know. So after he went down, you could see that offense starting to struggle, and you've seen the true Dak. You know, I, I feel like D'Amico Ryan's – he put together a great game plan. You know what I mean? Like, like I remember we're, during the game, you were talking, if you put pressure on him, he's going to throw in the coverage, you know, and he's going to make those mistakes. Right. And that's what he did during the game, you know? So I was impressed by the Niners' defense. Um, To really look at the game, they they, they caused pressure, but they really didn't get home with any, with any sacks, any big sacks. And to have a game like that where you really didn't have any sacks and still hold them down – 
you got to be impressed with what they did. I right. mean, it was to me, it was it was a stellar performance by the Niners defense. Yeah, Samson Ebicom logs the only sack. Uh, m- many of the players had you know hurries, pressures in this football game. I thought the defensive line did pretty good. I think part of the reason they don't get as much pressure as was expected before the game was they're really very strategic on making sure they kept Dak inside the pocket. He was able to get out a couple of times, but they were being very strategic on keeping their integrity, their pass lane integrity, making sure he didn't get free and allowing the defensive secondary to make plays. And the 49er secondary did not disappoint because, you know, Diameter Lenore cuts in front of that route. I don't even still don't know why Dak threw that ball, uh, but Diameter Lenore comes down with it. It's a huge pivotal play. It turns into a field goal. And then later on, Fred Warner checks into a different coverage to give Jimmy Ward the opportunity to undercut C.D. Lamb, tips it. Fred Warner comes up with it. Those are two big turnovers that end up equaling six points in the game. 49ers win the turnover margin again. But this defense has been opportunistic. They've been making plays all year. They're going to have to continue this, but I thought it was on full display. And all the talk about Charvarius Ward, I think, goes away because he had another fantastic game against the Cowboys. Yeah, and this is this is the performance you're going to need from your defense going forward. I mean, like you said, it only gets harder from here. You know, you got Philadelphia this week, and you got a tough matchup. You know, I, if you thought it was hard keeping Dak in the, in the pocket, I mean, what do you think is going to happen with Jalen Hurts? You yeah. know, I mean, you got your hands full with that guy, and he's much faster, much more athletic. So and then you you progress forward, maybe looking forward to the Super Bowl. You have your hands full of Mahomes, uh, Burrow. You don't really have to worry about him too much leaving a pocket. But um, this is the performance you're going to need from your defense, especially when your offense doesn't come out firing in all cylinders. Cylinders. You need your defense to keep you in the game and control the game, and that's what the Niners' defense did. To me, they really controlled the pace of the game. Yeah, they did, and you know <clears throat> it was going to be a grinded out game in this 49ers defense was able to, you know, hold it down. I thought, you know, holding once again, their average on the season, 77 yards on the ground, they give up 76. And I know you brought up Tony Pollard. I hated to see him get injured, uh, but he was averaging 3.5 yards per carry. It's not exactly like he was going gangbusters on the 49ers defense with the linebacker group that they have between Aziz, Fred, and Dre. They're able to run sideline to sideline. And that's why they've had success against these really athletic running backs and they're going to you know face some really good ones coming up against Philly too. Uh but I just wanted to give you the opportunity before we move on to Philly to have anything else you wanted to say about 49ers versus Dallas uh, before we turn the page to the NFC Championship game. No, I mean, like I said, it was a great game. I don't uh, if you're a Cowboy fan, I don't think you should hang your head low at all. I mean, you guys played well. You know, I thought the Niners would honestly, I thought they were dominated much more than what they did. Um I believe Dan Quinn came with a great defensive game plan. You know, he knows he knows Shanahan like we like we highlighted last week. Right. You know, he came out with a great game plan. I feel like his defense played amazing. I mean, you see the talent on that team. You know, just like I said with Seattle, you know, that's an upcoming team. The Cowboys is they're up they're an upcoming team as well. I mean, they just need a couple pieces here and there. And I can see that team uh making some noise. But um your Cowboys fan, don't hang your head low. I mean, it was it was a tough game. Tip my hat to you guys, but the better team won. Yeah, they're they're a very talented team. Um, it wasn't their year. It's not going to be their year probably for a while. Uh, as long as Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers reside in Santa Clara, you're probably going to lose in the playoffs to us. I'm, I'm just going to keep it real. Um, your style of play is going to have to change, and I just don't think Jerry can get them the talent that they need. Um, you can't pay them like – you can't buy them like you used to. You just right, can't do it. Right. Uh, let's talk 49ers versus Eagles. This is the matchup that I think everybody's been waiting for for several weeks now. You have the Eagles that have basically been wire to wire, the number one team in the NFC. And the 49ers, after a certain point, 
just became gangbusters and are now on that level. 12 straight games for the 49ers. But these are the two best teams in the trenches. These are two of the best defenses as far as yards per game. They're number one and two points per game. They're like one and five. I mean, this is ridiculous. The amount of talent that's on both teams. Warren, what do you think about this matchup? And do you think it being in Philly is going to play a factor uh, in the overall outcome of the game? I'm going into into the playoffs. I said that um, nobody in NFC I really fear. Um, now that we're here, you know, it's it's seed one versus seed two. You know, you feel a little different. You know, I, I could see why, you know, a lot of pundits and everybody saying Philly, 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 Philly. But, I mean, now that you shift focus to this team and you look at what they have and what they, what pro- problems they present, uh, Philadelphia is definitely going to be a problem. Right. You know, um, and it doesn't make it any easier that, you know, we have to travel clear across the United States. Yeah. We got to go. We got to go to an Eastern time zone. Yeah. You know, and and possibly I don't think weather is going to be an issue in this game. I don't at think all, so right? either. No. So um, I definitely think the Niners have their handful just from all aspects. You know, I mean, you look at the offense. I mean, Jalen Hurts himself, you you have to build a home game plan just to stop him. You know, he presents so many issues. I I, I remember watching this guy from Alabama to Oklahoma and now Philadelphia, and you see the maturation from what he came from. I mean, just last year, there was conversations of Philadelphia not re-signing this guy. Yeah. You know, moving on from him and the disrespect of drafting another quarterback. Now look at this guy. I mean, he looks like a franchise quarterback. He looks like the MVP of the league. I mean, the guy can hurt you with his legs. He can hurt you with his arm. He's a he's a special guy, you know, and he, he makes smart plays. And then you go to this defense, you know, and you look at the front seven, You uh, specifically that that front four, that defensive line. We talked about it already. I mean, yeah. they're loaded. You yeah. know, I mean, this this team this team has several guys with, with 10 plus double-digit sacks. You know, so the problem they present is a major problem for the Niners. You know, um, it sucks that we don't have this one in Santa Clara. You know, this is the one game I wish we did have here, you know, because going across, changing time zone, the travel, it's going to be a lot to deal with. You know, um, we're going to find out how real this team, this Niner team is yeah. and, and how much they want to win this. If you could go into Philly and get this win, it's going to be it's going to be a game on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, I think it's a different circumstance than we've seen from the 49ers in the past. Uh, 49ers, you know, I mean, they've went on the road and won big football games before, you know, they've. Back in the 80s, they went to Chicago and they beat those, you know, Chicago, Buddy Ryan, Chicago Bears defenses. Uh, They went to Philly and beat Philadelphia, you know, in those days. It's tough to win games on the road, especially in the playoffs. But one game, you can usually do it. It's when you have an extended time on the road, it's eventually going to catch up to you, right? The 49ers had three road games last year. It caught up with them in, in Los Angeles. This time it's one game and you know if you win, you get a shot at the Super Bowl and you have two weeks to get prepared for it. So I think that they know what they're expecting and what they're going to face. That Philly crowd is going to be absolutely oh, insanely yeah. loud. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a tremendous environment. <laughs> the 49ers have played in crazy environments before, including, you know, playing in Seattle. So they're going to be equipped to handle it, but it's not going to be easy. Uh, this Eagles team is very balanced. They have a very good offensive line. They have a very good defensive line. Uh, they're able to run the football. They're able to stop the pass. They're the number one defense against the pass in the league, giving up 177 yards per game. That is spectacular. Uh, the only issue they might have is on rush defense. And, you know, some Eagles fans have been coming into comments and telling me, hey, look at what happened once they got Linville Joseph and Indomitian Sue. And you can see that there is a big difference between the rush defense before them and after. And, you know, what? There, there is a little bit of a difference. So give them credit there. But... 
the way that this game is going to be won is going to be in those trenches. Oh, yeah. And I want to talk to you about it because, I mean, we've mentioned it a little bit, but I want to get even deeper into it. Let's talk about this Eagles D-line because the Eagles D-line is definitely where everything starts. Uh, they've got a great secondary. They've got, a, you know, a, real, a couple good linebackers, but this defensive line is fantastic. And if you remember week two last year, Javon Hargrave absolutely dominated Alex Mack and Daniel Brunskill for most of the game. Yeah, this 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 is probably the best D line the Niners has played all year. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, the the old line is going to have to come in and play with. It's going to have to be their A game, you know, because the talent that they present at the D line is definitely going to be a problem. You know, um, you look at you just look at the experience alone. I believe they had uh, Fletcher Cox and Brandon Brandon Graham when they went on that Super Bowl run. Right, and I mean Brandon Graham, if I'm remember uh, correctly, he was a closer in that game. Yeah, you know, he's the one that got to Brady and you know caused the fumble, and and they ended up sealing the deal and winning that game. But this is this is what you're going at, going against, and you know if you're a Niner fan, you know we're going in there with a rookie quarterback, you know, and as experienced as this Niner team is, I mean we've. We've been there in NFC Championship games. We've been through these battles. You know, this is Brock Purdy's first go around. You know, and we're gonna we're gonna find out we're gonna find out real quick. You know, if he's equipped to handle these moments because this D line is gonna get after him. They're gonna come after him. They're gonna create. They're gonna create problems. The stats don't lie. You know, three to four guys with double digit sacks. We know what they're gonna do. They're gonna get after the quarterback. They're gonna they're gonna try to uh, put pressure on you, make mistakes, make you make decisions under pressure. And they, and especially with the rookie quarterback, you know that's 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 the center of their game plan. Let's attack Brock Purdy. Let's see if he can beat us with the, with the, with their with his arm, and let's shut down this run game. So, um, Shanahan has his handful, but I think he's I think he's been in these moments. That's what I think the, the advantage lies with the Niners. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah, I mean, how do you slow down an Eagles an Eagles defensive line? Well. What Kyle Shanahan's job was last year was figuring that out. And what he did was he came out and he ran screens. He got after them in all kinds of screens. He's he's screening to George Kittle. He's screening to Kyle Juszczyk. He's screening to Elijah Mitchell. He's getting it out to Debo. He's just doing anything he can. Because when you have penetrators in aggressive styles like the Eagles defense, they want to get upfield and they want to cause issues. You can get rid of the football early you know, and allow Brock Purdy to get the ball out and let these playmakers make plays. That could be one way to neutralize this pass rush. Also, once that happens, they're going to start slowing their pass rush down, which will then open up the opportunity for you to have the drawback passing game. Also, you need to be able to run the football. Yes, the Eagles have gotten better, and thanks to everyone that commented to me, they've gotten better. But they're still not one of the top-flight rush defenses in the league, and that's still an opportunity for the 49ers to be able to run the football. And we all know if the 49ers are able to get anything going, it's going to open up their play-action pass. The big play, Brock Purdy to George Kittle that you talked about earlier, a play action, him rolling to the left and being able to find him down the field. A lot of big plays have come since Brock Purdy's been involved in a play action passing game for the 49ers. And I think they can get that going as long as they can get the Eagles to commit to stopping their run. Uh, the play action pass game will be there. But I think it all starts with slowing down this defensive line. Screens are not the only way. You can also run traps. You can run whams. All kinds of stuff on the interior to be able to take advantage of their aggressiveness. Use their speed and aggressiveness against them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you're playing against an aggressive defensive line, I mean, you're going to have to run plays like that. Right. Screens, screens, they work tremendously, especially against aggressive blitzing defenses. Um, also draws as well. Yeah. You know, there should be a lot of running lanes. You know, 
Um, they're definitely going to have to get creative in this game. But um, like I said, I think Shanahan, Shanahan have the boys ready. We got one of the best offensive minds in the game. I think he knows how to, he's seen this before. Yeah. So he's going to know how to attack this. Yeah, it's going to be a different game plan than right. the, we've ever seen from Kyle Shanahan. It's going to be a one-off. Let's talk about keep causing turnovers. Uh, so far, the 49ers, you know, our turnover differential are the number one team in the league, and they've continued it through the playoffs. 16, you know, plus 16 in the turnover ratio, including the playoffs. Uh, the Eagles are sitting at plus nine. They're no, no, no slouch. Uh, they turn over the football a little bit more than the 49ers, and they don't cause as many turnovers. But it's not a big discrepancy between the two. Uh, I think if the 49ers are able to cause turnovers and you get a turnover-free game from San Francisco, you could get a W in the win column uh, because that could be all the difference you need between two teams that are this closely matched. Right, I agree. If you go back and look at the Cowboy game, I mean, turnovers was the difference maker. You know, I mean, we got those two turnovers. To, we got forced Dak into making those mistakes, and that gave us ec extra possessions, uh, more ball control of the game. It just gave us more control of the game. Because um, if you look at the how the flow of the game was going, it was more of like a stalemate. But those two, those two turnovers put us in position to get points. Right. You know, and that's what you want. I mean, in this game right here, you're you're going to have to cause turnovers somehow. You know, Jalen Hurts, I believe going into this game, I think he has five interceptions. I'm not too sure, but I believe he has five interceptions going to, into this game. I don't think he he doesn't turn over the ball too much. Right. You know, he's going to be somebody that. You know, you're going to have to crowd, like we said a little bit earlier, keep in, keep in the pocket and keep them under duress. You know, put pressure on them. Force them to make mistakes, but he has six interceptions. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting game plan to see how D'Amico Ryans attacks this, how he attacks his Philadelphia office. Because you have you also have two stalwart receivers on the outside. You know, you have you have A.J. Brown, who they acquired in the offseason, and you have the Devontae uh, Smith, Smith yeah. who they drafted a couple years ago. So that's a part of the problem. Right. But this team, this team, it's going to be interesting to see how they attack it and how they keep the turnovers going. Yeah, it's, I think it's coming up with a unique game plan uh, that confuses what Jalen Hurts reads are all the while trying to take away the run game. So one thing that has been dynamic for Philadelphia throughout the season has been Jalen Hurts' ability to use his legs to run the football. And I think... That's one thing they want to do in this game, but they don't want him to take direct hits either. He was still sliding down against the Giants to try to protect himself. Well, how do you take away a read option? Well, first off, normally a defensive end, uh, like Samson Debicom, Nick Bosa, has to freeze and be the read. They want to squeeze it down without giving up too much space for the quarterback to be able to run around the outside. So they have to play Jalen Hurts on the play. They're not able to fly down the line of scrimmage and make a tackle. Well, if you keep it that simple where it's always the defensive end, then Jalen Hurts always knows what his read is. If you start to confuse it to where maybe he sees Bosa go flying down the line and he goes ahead and he keeps and runs around the outside and you had a linebacker that had an outside contain, you can confuse it. Example being Seattle. Uh, Geno Smith, read option. Samson Debicom flies down the line. Tayshawn Gibson was the one to account for Geno Smith. Those types of things could confuse him. Also, bringing Hufanga into the box would also mess up their RPO potentially. What do they want to do? They want to run the fake, and then they want to get it out quick. If he's sitting in a more intermediate area, he can help take that away as well. 
I think those are areas the 49ers can take advantage of and could potentially cause turnovers because they can get to the ball before maybe these guys want it to be. Yeah, read option is going to be it's going to be something to pay attention to. To me, I'm I'm kind of going to be focused on like their game script. Right. How much are they going to run Jalen Hurts? Because as we know, he wasn't fully healthy coming into the playoffs. Um, he missed what about two weeks, two or three yeah, he weeks. Missed, he missed two games, I believe. Um, yeah. And then they got that bye week that that really helped them out into the playoffs. So. I'm interested to see how much they run him. You know, how much they put him in harm's way. You know, how healthy is Jalen Hurts? Because that could be an issue. I mean, you run him early, you know, you you hit him on that shoulder, and he starts feeling it through a game. That could change the whole dynamic of game. You know, so watching the game strip, strip and how they go, how they use Jalen Hurts in this game is really going to tell you how healthy he is and, and how much the game is going to go, to be honest. Yeah, and they're, they're bullish about their run game. They want to run the football no matter what. Nick Sirianni will keep calling run plays, even if it's not successful. He did it last year. He's done it all this season. The 49ers can take away the run game early uh, and force them into some third and longs. You have opportunities to jump routes, make plays, you know, and also just get off the field because these three and outs are huge. And I think that's what the 49ers need to do. But let's talk also, let's flip it to the other side. Let's talk about the 49ers run game. Uh, 49ers run game wasn't as dynamic against the Dallas Cowboys, if we've seen it, especially playoff, you know, uh, teams, you know, the 49ers normally have a better run, uh, run <clears throat> offense. It wasn't working out great for them in this matchup, but they end up going over 115. We talked about them taking over the game late, but they're going to have to have a run game against the Philadelphia Eagles. It's my thought process that if this Eagles defense loads up eight in the box, you have to throw the football. Warren, would you be, would you think that's a great idea to throw to loosen up the box to be able to run? Or do you think they should just go in there, establish a run game, and make the Eagles stop them? I think they should they should establish a run game. That's that's how I would go into this game. And I would I would but I wouldn't do it the traditional way. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna line up, you know, and just run it straight up the gap. You know, run it between the guard and center. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna attack this defense this way. I'm actually gonna come with a game plan kind of similar to how how the Kansas City Chiefs attacks it. You know, let's ta- attack them on the edges. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's get some of our athletes out on the edges like Debo, you know, Ray Ray McLeod. We've seen throughout the years some of the plays that they can make once they hit once they get to the edge. And we all know what Christian McCaffrey can do with the ball in his hands. So how I would go into this game, I would I would focus on attacking attacking them on the edge. And like you said, you know, a- attacking their aggressiveness. You know, you know this team is gonna try to get after you. You know this team is gonna try to intimidate a rookie quarterback. You know, so let's 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 hit them where it hurts. You know, let's let's play off their aggressiveness. So that's where I would start with this team um, for this week, and then I would go from there. Yeah, I think what you want to do is, I mean, you want to come up and see what they're giving you. I'm sure Kyle Shanahan is going to have his script, but you know, of course, we've seen Brock Purdy's been able to, you know, audible or change the play at the line of scrimmage. We see them do that and get earhold against Tampa Bay. Uh, so he has that ability. I think that if they come up and you see Reed Blankenship or you see one of those safeties come into the box, I I think at that point you just go ahead, unless you have a play called that takes advantage of it either left or right, uh, you go ahead and you audible to a passing play or kill the play and go to or can the play, go to the next one. Because I think no matter what, you need to make sure you get positive gains on first and second down. I don't care if they're rhythm passes or if they're run plays, because it's all about getting ahead of the sticks. Because with this team, I mean, we went through it and looked at all the sacks that all these defenders had, and they had four guys with 10-plus sacks. 
They're a spectacular defense as far as getting after the passer. Third and five plus is not going to get it done for the 49ers. Third and three and below give you the opportunity to run the football if you need to. That will at least slow down the pass rush and not allow the Eagles to just bear down on you and put a lot of pressure and make it feel like Brock Purdy has the whole world collapsing on him. <laughs> so I think that early down success is so important for this game that you can't be like so set in your ways that, hey, we're going to run the ball. We have to. You have to take what the defense gives you, and if they're giving you the pass, you have to trust Brock Purdy to get it done. Yeah, and, the, and them short passes. I mean, those short passes are also like extension of the running game. Correct. Even like those screens like we mentioned earlier. So hitting on some of those and hitting them short passes, that can open up a lot of things for this game. And we we know how dynamic this team is. I mean, this is the this is the Yak team. Yep. You know, sometimes they need just a little – five-yard curl, five-yard out, and they can take it the whole distance, you know? So, and we've seen it against Philly in the past. You know, we've seen Brandon Ayuk in his rookie season hurdle a guy and score a touchdown. Yeah. You know, so this team is capable of doing that, you know? And, and like we always say, they're they're capable of hurting you in so many different ways, you know? And I feel... I fully expect it to happen again this week. Yeah. Let's talk <laughs> about those skill players. Uh, you kind of mentioned it a little bit. Let's talk about 49 skill plays versus Eagles secondary. Eagles secondary still has a tremendous amount of talent. Oh, yeah. You know, Darius Slay, Gardner Johnson, uh, James Bradbury, you know, and then Reed Blankenship. But they also got Avante Maddox, who's coming off, you know, a toe injury. He's questionable. I, I fully expect him to be playing. But it's a very good secondary. We talked about the fact they're number one in the league uh, in pass yards. I think a lot of that has to do with their defensive line too, but I mean, they're, they're spectacular, but they're going against probably their toughest test because you have Debo that does the things he does. George Kittle, Brandon, Ayuk, uh, Christian McCaffrey. And then you start mentioning other guys like Jawan Jennings that get involved in Kyle Juszczyk. And those are where the matchups get interesting, right? Because you can put Darius Slay on Brandon Ayuk and you can put James Bradbury on Debo Samuel and you could give him help with CJ Gardner Johnson. Does that mean you got Reed Blankenship covering George Kittle? Right. You know what I mean? Does that mean you're having Kaiser White covering Christian McCaffrey? Those are where the interesting matchups get. Just so many multiple things the Fourniers can do and so many multiple skill players. You know, how do you see this going, you know, 49er skill players versus Eagles secondary? I think that they're going to have a lot of problems with it. I look at what they have in their secondary, and they have names. They have talented guys. Bradbury and Slay. I mean, Slay's been good in this league for a long time. Yeah. You know, and Bradbury, you know, he was in Carolina previously. But, I mean, he's made his name. He's 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 a solid quarterback, uh, DB in this league. Um, but the Niners, what makes the Niners so unique is we don't have traditional receivers. You know, our weapons are not conventional to everyday weapons that you see. Right. And it's something completely different that this Philadelphia team hasn't seen. You know, I mean, when you have a Debo Samuels, that's all he's a he's a running back and a receiver. You know, like Darius Slay, he's used to playing receivers that are just strictly receivers, small body guys, you know, that run downfield. Right. You know, so what the Niners are going to come at you with is going to be completely different. They're going to force your corners and your guys in your secondary that come up and make tackles. You know, they're you're going to have to make tackles in space. If you don't, if you if you miss a tackle, that could be 10, 15 yards or even a touchdown, you know, and he's going to put you in conflict. You know, you might have Christian McCaffrey split out wide or here comes Juszczyk split out wide. A lot of smoke and mirrors. You just don't know where it's going. And that's the different. That's the that's the challenge the Niners pre uh, present is you just don't know who's going to line up in front of you. And the guy lined up in front of you is just not the traditional guy. You don't know how to play this guy, you know, so. 
I think the I think Philadelphia is going to have problems in the secondary just matching up with the many matchups that that uh, Shanahan could create. Yeah, I think I think you're right. You know, I, I think they're going to have some issues. I think they're going to want to run their you know want to run some zone coverage. And when you get Kyle Ushek lining up out wide, you know, <laughs> if you put Darius Slay on him, uh, like because that's the alignment, right? Uh, furthest man from the from the you know from the corner, you got him, and so. I think that that makes it interesting because then you move Debo Samuel inside, and then maybe they put you know somebody else, George Kittle right. there. That's where you start getting these interesting matchups that you could take advantage of. You know, and watching film, I mean, nothing against Kaiser White, but I seen Saquon Barkley handle him. <laughs> I went back and watched the tight end from the New the New Orleans Saints. You know, get open in space against him and other safeties that they have. There's mismatches that can be created because you get those guys in the slot because you keep them in base. You know four, three sets, and then they got to, you know, do that. Uh, plus, the Eagles want to blitz. And so when they blitz, they vacate an area. If Brock Purdy is able to understand what is coming towards him, uh, he's going to be able to handle those blitzes and get it to your read key, get it to your hot route right away. Hot route, boom, gone. I think if he does that, you can neutralize the blitz, and I think they can actually find some big opportunities to make plays uh, for this 49ers skill players, because like you brought up earlier, they are the yak bros, right. uh, and these and now it's a yak attack. There's so many guys. You add McCaffrey, you add Jawan Jennings, they can make so many plays. I think it's gonna be you know it's gonna be tough for the secondary, especially if the mm. Kyle Shanahan and his offensive line can neutralize that pass rush. I'm not saying completely stop it, but slow it down and have plays where Brock Purdy's not under pressure. Right, like you. I mean, you sit and you look at the NFC East. You know, there's no team in the NFC East like the Niners. I know they say the Commanders is similar to what the Niners are, but there's no team that presents a Debo Samuel. You right. know, there's no team. I mean, you. I mean, Saquon Berkeley, he's kind of similar to Christian McCaffrey, but I mean, there's all that the Niners can present. There's no team in that league that really presents what the Niners present. I mean, you even look at their schedule. I mean, nobody on their schedule really present what we can present. You know, what with the number one tight end, you know, a number one receiver, a number one running back, and we got a number one running back on the bench. So it's 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 going to be so interesting to see what Shanahan comes up with because the mismatches he can create, you know, it's it's going to be a problem. It's going to put it's going to put them in conflict. Yeah, I think what's interesting is you brought up the commanders, you know, as a, the comparison. That was their first loss of the season was to the Washington Commanders. You know, and I think that that's one of the interesting things. They beat them by 11. Uh, but they were able to score 32 points against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, to me, that that goes to show a lot because we know who the commanders are. We know what their strengths and weaknesses are because the 49ers played them. It, it's an interesting matchup overall. I, I think the 49ers are going to have opportunities. I really do. I think this is going to be, by, by no means do I think this is going to be a blowout either way. I think this is going to be a close game. Oh, yeah. It's going to come down to the wire, and we'll see who ends up getting it done. Um and, you know, we already talked about the run game, so I'm going to go away from that. I think I actually put it on there again. Oh, Gold Maher. I just wanted to laugh at Robbie Gold. No, I <laughs> wanted to laugh at Maher again uh, for missing another one. Well, let's talk about the biggest concern for the Eagles. Uh, what is your biggest concern that the 49ers should have against this Eagles team? Um, the biggest concern for the 49ers in this game is it's Jalen Hurts. Um, and it's, it's honestly, it could be Jalen Hurts or this D-line. To me, it's either or. Um, I believe it's Jalen Hurts just because of how he can win a game. You know, Jalen Hurts is a guy that can beat you with his legs. He can beat you with his feet. And, and, and where he's playing right now, he's he's at the top of his game. You know, this is the best I've ever seen Jalen Hurts play. And he has the mindset 
coming into every game like I'm I'm gonna kill you, you know, I'm gonna be the guy that's the reason why we win this game. And he's just the X factor. You could be playing A plus football from in all spaces, you know, from the secondary linebackers, D line. But if you make one fatal mistake, he'll kill you. You mm-hmm. know, with his legs, he'll get he'll get that first down and break your back in the game. Or he'll get that first down or he'll buy enough time where Devontae Adams can get open, catch it, and score a touchdown and just really kill you. The defense is going to have to be they're going to they're going to have to have a game plan to to pretty much corral him at all times. They did a great job against Dak Prescott. I know he got out a couple times, you know, but overall big picture, they did a great job against Dak Prescott. What Jalen Hurts presents is is just a whole nother can of worms, you know, and what did, what it's going to be interesting to see what D'Amico Ryan's can come up with. You know, I mean, we hear D'Amico Ryan's name up for all these head coaching jobs, you know, and he's showing interest in it. If you want to be a head coach, let's see what you can do this week. Yeah. You know, let's let's see what you scheme up this week. And some of the stuff he came up with last week where he had Hugh Hufunga coming on the blitzes. Brilliant. You know, Hufunga is one of the he's one of the best players on our roster on the blitz. Right. He gets there in a hurry. You know, I would love to see that this week. You know, let's 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 bring Hufunga or let's. Let's let's show smoke and mirrors, you know. Let's bring Hufunga up and bring somebody else, you know, because they seen it last week on film. So, I'm I'm uber interested to see what uh, D'Amico Ryan's comes up with this week, because this this is the week where we're gonna need him with the the amazing game plan. Yeah, I think it's about confusing Jalen Hurts and not allowing him to use his legs. Right. Uh, if, if you know, if, if in scramble situations, those ones can break your back. It's not about getting sacks in this game. It's about keeping him in the pocket and making him defeat you with his arm. Uh, his legs are dynamic. And does he have a good arm? Yes, of course he does. He can make throws. But can he consistently make those throws? Can he cons- you know, have a 10, 12 you know, play drive where he has to complete seven or eight of those passes in the 49ers rally to make tackles? I don't know if he's accurate or good enough to do that all the while playing against this very fast and very impactful defense and also keeping him on his toes with blitzes and pressures and and disguises and you know it's just there's so many things you can do so i think it, this game plan is about making jalen hurts beat you with his arm and not allowing him to use his legs if you can collapse a pocket on him great get a sack but the most important thing is to make him throw the football downfield if you do he's going to miss a lot of those and you're going to have an opportunity to get a turnover on downs so I think you're right. Jalen Hurts can be uh, the biggest concern for me. It's actually going to be like you brought up that defensive line because Hargrave and those guys on the inside, they are game wreckers. And if they're able to explode off the ball like they did last year against Alex Mack and Daniel Brunskill, they're going to blow up some of this run game before it ever gets started. So I think that as long as those guys are slowed down or at least handled a little bit, then the 49ers offenses can be successful. But I think both of those, you know, yours is a definite concern of the defense and mine the concern for the 49ers offense. Yeah, I think you bring up a great point, though, with Jalen Hurts. I mean, his accuracy is not the greatest, you know. So if you keep him in the pocket and force him to make decisions, you could have some success there. And I, that's what I hope the Niners do. I hope they, they're able to corral him in the pocket, make him make decisions, and then and capitalize on the, uh, the, those decisions. Jump on a couple of balls, get a couple of turnovers. Um Miles Sanders is also a guy that could create problems. Yep. You know, he's a he's a guy that's he's shifty, fast running back out the backfield. Um, that makes plays. You know, he's kind of similar to a uh, Tony Pollard. You know, yeah. they kind of have like this uh, same skill uh, skill set. So 
Um, but other than that, I think the Niners, the Niners should have a they should have a good handle on this game outside of outside of uh Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Make make Jalen Hurts uh beat you going to like Quez Watkins. Take away AJ Brown, take away Devontae Smith, and make that be the combination that has to beat you. Right. You know, Fred Warner proved last year he can cover Dallas Goddard, he can stick with him. Um, is it a tough matchup? Absolutely, but he proved he can do it. But Quez Watkins last year beat a Diameter Lenore, a rookie <laughs> Diameter Lenore. Lenore's better now. Last year we rolled into that game. Our starting corners were Josh Norman and rookie Diameter Lenore, who didn't start a single game after Josh that. Norman, that's crazy. So this year we're rolling in. It's different. It's Charvarius Ward. It's a way better Diameter Lenore. We've seen him making plays. But I just think it's a little bit different. Let's talk about the biggest advantage. Uh, let's talk about the biggest advantage for the 49ers versus Eagles. Warren, what do you think it's going to be? So the, we have the usual, you know, the Niners just have so much for you to guard. You don't know how you're going to match up with it. Um, honestly, I think going into this week, what gives the Niners the biggest advantage is experience. Um, you look at the success the Niners have the past five years, we've been in this position multiple times. Yep. Um, the only person going into this game that really hasn't been there is is Brock Purdy, you know, and you know, if you look at you look at how this team is built and you look at the past, you know, even when we lost the Super Bowl and you know, everybody's seen that clip of George Kittle on the sideline saying, I'm gonna be back here. Right. You know, this is this I'm coming back here, I'm gonna be a difference maker. This team knows how to handle these moments. You know, this team they know how to win the NFC. You know, they've done it before. We've we've seen this team do it. Philly hasn't done that. Right. You know, there's there's a couple players on this team that have accomplished the ultimate ab- of winning the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts, this is his first time in the NFC Championship game. You know, this is this is the biggest game of his career. You know, their head coach, I don't, who's their head coach over there? Uh, Nick uh, Sirianni. Yeah, Nick Sirianni. I, I don't even think he's even been in a moment like this. No. So, you know, and Shanahan, I've said it a, a few times, a few podcasts ago, it's, you know, you're seeing a maturation of him. You know, he's been through these moments, and he's he had growing to do. You know, I mean, he's had blunders and big games in the past, and now you see a finished product with Shanahan. So now that he's back in his spot, I feel like he's 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 gonna be unleashed. It's full fledged. There's nothing stopping him from getting to this mountain. Not Jalen Hurts, not this D line, not Philadelphia, not Rocky Balboa. You know, we're getting to the top of this mountain. So to me, the biggest advantage I think we bring to Philly is just the experience across the roster. Like this team is laser focused. You know, we haven't lost since week what, week four? Week week five, yeah, not since they played Kansas City. This team is, uh, yeah, October twenty yeah. second yeah. was the last time the 49ers lost. This team is laser focused. They're 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 ready for this moment. To yeah. me, that's that's our biggest advantage going into this game. Yeah, they haven't lost in in three months. I mean, mm-hmm. the, this team has been fantastic. You're right. The biggest advantage is experience. Uh, and you brought up Kyle Shanahan. I think Kyle Shanahan's a huge advantage in this football game. He understands what he's about to see. And when you've got an even board, and I, I think this is one of the most even matchups you're going to find, player for player, these are two of the best you know, talent rosters yeah. in the entire league. So when you have that, it's coaching that's going to help you get over, the, uh, get over the hump. Of course, execution's a big part of it, but putting your players in the best situation to be successful for them to be able to execute is key. And I just feel that Kyle Shanahan is going to have the upper hand. It's nothing, no slide against Nick Sariani, uh, but going back and watching some of his film, I've watched three games now, I see some, you know, things that I look at and I'm just like, okay, he counts on his players to make more plays, maybe beyond their skill set. 
where I see Kyle Shanahan working within their skill set. I think he's learned who all these players are. And I think he has a real understanding of where they can be and where he can put them to make plays. He's also learned that each game is a living, breathing thing. Yeah. And that no game can be coached the same way. So you have to be able to adjust. And last week was perfect proof. It was going to be a defensive matchup. He figured it out during the game and he adjusted that into the first half, him not calling a timeout and, you know, waiting and taking time and only getting a field goal was just an illustration of what he knew he needed to do to win. He doesn't care if he scores 40 points. As long as he scores one more point than the other team, he knows he can be successful. And I think that's a huge advantage in this game. Right. And what you're, what you're speaking on is his maturation, you know, yep. him just being able to, to adjust in the fly and, and being able to adapt to these moments because he's been there, you know. I mean, he's lost big games before, and now it's to the point where it's time for him to start start winning these big games. So um, Shanahan, to me, is is the key. You know, he he has experience, and he has his team laser-focused. So, to me, he's the biggest advantage, and the experience is the big, biggest advantage of this game. I'm in full agreement. <clears throat> And let's talk score prediction, Warren. Where are you going with this? Of course, Jay Hill on the Ant Hill Show shocked me. Um, and I hope next week we get to come back and just absolutely <laughs> lambast him because he picked the Eagles to win 27 to 24. Uh, what are you thinking? You know, Who do you think is going to win this game and what's the score going to be? I think it's going to be a very hard-fought game. Um, it's going to be a lot of ebbs and flows. You know, I mean, if you're a Niner fan last week, you know, there was a lot of heart, heart-wrenching moments where you're just like, eh, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, it's, I think this game's going to be full of it, you know, from, from opening kick to the end. Um, I, I have the Niners winning the game. I have them going in there winning a close one. I think this is going to be, I think this game, to me, has a feeling of when the Niners went to Seattle, you know, and it came down to that Dre Greenlaw tackle at the one, at the one, to win the game. Yeah. I have that type of scenario. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I think it's it's something, some type of play is going to happen like that in this game. I have the Niners victoriously, um, the defense clinching it for us, but I have the Niners winning 23-17. 23-17, I like that. The fact they have to go for a touchdown at the end and not yeah. a field goal is a huge difference. Oh, that's great. And, of course, if you want my score prediction, you're going to have to wait for a the preview show and the preview show is going to come out on saturday join me for the live stream preview show and we'll be talking all about 49ers versus eagles but i'm going to hold mine back but i like your score prediction and my score prediction is not going to be like jay hill uh I, that's a spoiler right there it's garbage what do you say 24 21 27 24 eagles 27. when he said 27 24 i'm like okay and then he goes eagles i was like Get out of here, man. <laughs> He's like, I gotta keep it real. I was like, get out of here. You ain't keeping it real. You stop watching the national media. They're gonna tell you that Philly's gonna win. No, they're not. Come on. This is gonna be a great matchup. Could Philly win? Yes, they're they're spectacular. Uh, but the 49ers aren't exactly walking in there like everyone's making it sound like you know they don't have a chance. Uh yeah, it's like I said on John Chapman, they may be a bear. Uh, but the 49ers are a gorilla, and they're coming in there, you know, ready to beat them down. So <laughs> I think it's going to be a huge matchup. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Get ready, man. If the Niners win this game, this two weeks for the Super Bowl, the, this Brock Purdy story is yeah. going to be the biggest thing in the world. His Disney script is going to – they're going to start writing that. It's it's going to be Brock Purdy Central for two weeks. Yeah, it's going to be two weeks of greatness. So yeah. it's, I'm just going to enjoy every minute of it, all the storylines. Oh, yeah. Who's it going to be? Brock versus Joe? Brock versus Patrick? It don't matter. It's 49ers in the Super Bowl. As long as they can get it done against the Eagles, 
they have all the ability to do so. Uh, but it's going to play out on Sunday. Can, and, can we get a prediction for you on the other side, the AFC? Oh, uh, the other side. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take I'm going to take the Bengals. I, I think okay. that I think that Joe Burrow and Cincinnati is rolling. I think they'll get a run game going early. Uh, you know, as I'm talking about, it, I'm already talking myself <laughs> out of it. It's crazy. Uh, but I'll stick with El Burrow. I'm I'm worried about the the offensive line, Alex Kappa and Jonah Williams being out. Uh, with Chris Jones, you know, on that Kansas City defense, I worry about it, but I'll stick with it. I'm going Bengals, and I'm going to go Bengals uh, 23-19. We'll go 23-19 Bengals. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. I'm with you on Joe Burr, man. I'm going with I'm going with Cincinnati as well. I think yeah. they'll beat the Chiefs. And you know what? At either way, storylines galore. Four yeah. have played the Bengals in two Super Bowls in, in the past. They played Kansas City in 2019. This this thing just writes itself, man. And young Brock Purdy will be the first rookie to start at quarterback in the Super Bowl in history. Uh, could he win it? I don't know. We have to find out. You have to get through Philly first, you know, right. before you can become, you know, Brocky Purdy, uh, you know, Brocky, or, you know, Brock, Brocky, Brocky Balboa. Balboa. Before you become the underdog that gets it done, you have to go out there and and slay the beast that is Philadelphia. I think the four yards can do it, Warren. We'll see though. It's all going to play out on Sunday at noon Pacific time. If you like the content, give the video a like, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And, uh, you know, I think this is going to be a good one. And everyone's been subscribing. So just to subscribe, you know, I, I trust me, you'll enjoy the content. You'll get notified. You click that notification bell every time we go live or put up a video. But thanks, everyone, for watching. Looking forward to this game, 49ers versus Eagles, the NFC Championship game. Catch you guys next week for a celebratory, hopefully, celebratory episode of Cover 2. Thanks, everyone. Go Niners. Go Niners.